you and praise you for this glory in Jesus' name. I thank you for your provision in this house. I pray that you would bless it. I pray that you would bless all those that give. And I pray, Lord God, that you would increase in their homes, in their finances, and in their lives. All around them, Lord God, that you would increase all around them. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I heard him. I heard him back there. Thank you, Lord. Today I want to share with you three incredible mothers that I have been thinking about this week. Besides my mother-in-law and my mom and my wife and my children. (laughs) Amen? Amen? But there's three that come to mind that I think about that are in the Bible. One is Hannah. Hannah is the mother of Samuel. The other is Elizabeth, the mother of John. And the third, can you guess who she is? Mary. There you go. The mother of Jesus. And I'm going to start with a most un, in the most unlikely place with the most unlikely verse. And I'm going to try to pull this all together as the Lord leads. Amen? Amen. So we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. You don't have to go there. What you want to, what you want to mark in your Bible, you don't have to go there. We're going to put it up on the board because I'm going to go through this quick. But this was the theme of my message, was this verse. But if you want to put your fingers in your Bible, go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and then Luke chapter 1. All right, that's where you want to go. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. Put your fingers in both of them. I'm going to be reading a lot out of both of those. But in 2 Corinthians... Chapter 12, verse 9, it says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's like reverse psychology, isn't it? It's like when I'm strong, I'm powerful. But really, my strength is nothing compared to the Lord's. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're going to read all of chapter 1 into, ver- into chapter 2 through verse 11. First Samuel chapter 1. <clears throat> there was a certain man from Rathmathim, Ramathim, <laughs> a Zufite, from the hill country of Ephraim, 
whose name was Elkanah. The son of Jerom, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. Elkanah had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penaniah. Now Penaniah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year this man went up from his year after year this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord at Shiloh where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were, priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Penaniah, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her. And the Lord had closed up her womb. And because the Lord had closed up her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me. If you have your Bibles, I want you to underline that. Remember me. And remember me. And not forget your servant, but give her a son, that I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. And her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drunk drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. 
She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkaniah laid with Hannah his wife, and the Lord again remembered her. Remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. When the man Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifices to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When, When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli and said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Then Hannah prayed and said, This is such a beautiful prayer. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly. Or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows. And by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken. And those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food. But those who were hungry, hunger no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death, and the Lord makes alive. He brings down to the grave, and he raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princesses and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints. 
but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. You see, God continually works out its purpose through the affairs of the righteous. In Hannah, he found a woman he could trust. You might even say that in her weakness, God's power was made strong. In her weakness, God heard her prayer. And in her weakness, it says in the Bible that God remembered her. That God remembered her. And she conceived a child. And that child was Samuel. Not just any child. Samuel is because I asked the Lord for him. God provided Israel's future deliverer through her. By using her weaknesses. What was her weakness? Her weakness was barrenness. She was without child. In her weakness, the enemy used it as a tool to gloat over her, her rival. Would kind of rub it in her face, her weakness. But in that weakness, God showed himself strong, didn't he? And God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he'll do the same for us. In our weaknesses, God will show himself strong if we stand firm with him. I have to ask myself, what is my barrenness? What is my barrenness? What is my weaknesses? And am I taking that to the Lord like I should be? Or am I holding it in in pride? Afraid to admit it. Am I pouring out my heart to God like Hannah did? Where God is going to remember me. Are you pouring out your heart to God like Hannah did in your weaknesses? Because it's in our weakness that he is made strong. I've often wondered why God has given us weaknesses like the Apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh, 
It was the enemy. And Paul pleaded with God three times to take this away from him. It says in the word in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It said, Paul pleaded, Lord, take this weakness away from me. But you know what that weakness does for us? It keeps us in the presence of God. It keeps us on our knees. It keeps us humble. It keeps us seeking and it keeps us praying. It keeps us seeking for an answer. It keeps us always present in God's face. Now I want to turn in my Bible to Luke chapter 1. To another incredible woman of God. Her name is Elizabeth. And I'm going to read to you from chapter 1, from verse 1 all the way to verse 38. Because in it also has Mary. But I want to give you a little bit of background of who the writer is. You can obviously know that it's Luke. (laughs) But do you know who Luke was? Luke was a physician in his time, like a doctor. And you knew Luke wrote the book like a historian. He wanted the book of Luke to be written like it was, as accurate as possibly can be. As accurate as he could remember. And he wanted to make sure that he got everything right, everything in order when he wrote it. And it explains that right there in chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Talking about everything that happened when Jesus came. In John, it says, Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, It seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you. That's for us. Most excellent Theophilus. So that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. This is Luke writing like a historian. He wants to get these facts straight. So they don't get misinterpreted. So there's no confusion. So that way... That way we know that we know that we know that these things have actually happened. And he goes on to talk about the birth of John the Baptist. It said in the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God. Do you know 
They were upright in the sight of God. In other words, they were righteous. Hannah was found to be righteous in God's sight. Isn't there a Isn't there a parallel here? Isn't there a pattern here? Upright living, righteous living. God hears your prayers. God remembers you. It said both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's command and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on the duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I think all babies are filled with the Holy Spirit at birth (laughs) because they all talk in tongues. Ollie's still talking tongues. You know, sometimes I hear Gabe and Noah talking in tongues. (laughs) Do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and men will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord... In the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can it be? How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. 
Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had a vision. He had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When, this, when his time of service was complete, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, he said. She said, in these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. We see very much the same situation in Elizabeth as in Hannah. Both women barren. Both women feeling disgrace. And even in Elizabeth's old age, her weakness, God showed his might. By giving her a child who was called John. And not just any child, but the forerunner of Christ. The one who went before to turn the people's hearts back to the Lord. The one who went before to prepare the way for Jesus. A child who was filled with the Holy Spirit at birth. In Elizabeth's weakness, God showed himself strong. Now we go on to the third mother, the third incredible mother, a young virgin girl who was only a teenager named Mary, who, was, who has found favor with God. How incredible is that? Think about it. Out of all the people on the earth, Mary found favor with God. Mary, probably the greatest mother in the whole Bible, who carried our Savior in her womb. Mary, who is highly esteemed It says here in the 6th month God sent the angel Gabriel again to Nazareth a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David the virgin's name was Mary The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Think about that. The Lord is with you. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's amazing. I wonder how Mary's days were as a young girl growing up. And I think about it, it says there that the Lord was with her. Amen. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Amen? For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. God chose Mary to mother his son, Jesus. God in the flesh. A weak young girl, only a teenager. Who had no experience of mothering. God didn't choose an experienced mother to carry his child, to carry him. God chose Mary, a weak young teenager who found favor with God, who God walked with her. You mothers know what it's like when you have your first child. You're full of unsure doubt and fear. You're unsure about your decisions that you make. I'm very sure that Mary felt that same way. She probably felt a little bit more pressure over it. Because she was carrying God. God's son in her. Think about that as the responsibility of a teenager. To have that. But Mary was chosen. She was chosen by God. To carry the Savior of the world. Says that the Lord was with Mary. And the Lord is with those that are upright. Righteous. You know what is such amazing about these three incredible women? All three of these incredible women of God gave their sons back to God. Isn't that amazing? All three of them gave themselves back to God. Hannah dedicated Samuel to God. And after the child was weaned, She brought him back to the high priest Eli at that time. And she said, here, he's the Lord's. He belongs to God. She 
She brought him back to Eli to serve the Lord all the days of his life. And you know, Samuel, Samuel marked an era in Israel's time where it was the end of the judges and it was the beginning of the kings. And when I say that, I think of, I can't help but think of the Lord of the Rings. (laughs) You know, when it's the reign of the kings. Samuel marked the end of the judges of Israel's time that Moses had established, way that God had established through Moses. And now Israel was crying out for a king. Samuel anointed the first king of Israel, and that we know as Saul. And then Saul turned from God. And Samuel anointed David, who God picked. You see, the people picked Saul to be their king because he was head and shoulders above everybody else, meaning he was taller and bigger, stronger, faster. But God picked David. Samuel anointed them both. Elizabeth knew that her child was special. Elizabeth had to let John go and do what God called him to do. Elizabeth had to let John go out and prepare the way for the Lord. Because she knew in her heart, because she knew from the angel, Gabriel, telling her. And she hid all that in her heart. And she knew a time was coming when she would have to let go of John and say, you need to go and do what God's called you to do. Go prepare the way for the Lord. And we know what happened to John. John was beheaded by King Herod. And we know all about Mary. What Mary had to do. She had to let go of Jesus. Remember when Jesus was at the wedding feast? And Mary told the servant, go speak to my son Jesus and do everything what he says? And Jesus said, no, it's not time yet. I can hear him saying, mom, but it's not time. It's not time yet, but I'll just, I'll make you happy. Mary knew in her heart that her son Jesus was the son of God. Mary knew in her heart. She probably didn't know God's total plan. She might have. We don't know. The angel could have told her all about what was going to happen to Jesus. We don't know everything. But Mary had to let go of Jesus. Mary had to see her son die on a cross. For you and for me. 
And I'm going to tell you, for any mother or father to see your child die before you is terrifying. It's horrible. I don't know the experience, and I hope to God I never will. But I can't imagine the pain that Mary went through seeing her son, whom she dearly loved, who she had all these beautiful spoken words over, on that cross, hanging there, bleeding to death for nothing, for no crime, for what? For healing people, delivering people, setting people free by speaking the truth. Unjust punishment was laid upon him. A weight that no man can bear. Except Jesus. Because he wasn't just a man. He was all God incarnate in the flesh. And in Mary's weakness, I can't imagine... The point of Mary watching her son die on the cross as they take his body down and they lay it at her feet and say, here, here's your son. The tears, the weakness, the brokenness that went through her mind at that time. As she carried Jesus off to a tomb to be laid and then watched the stone roll over the entrance of the tomb. I can't imagine the weakness the struggles, the pain that she went through. But God showed himself strong, didn't he? Because on the third day, Jesus rose. And by the time she went back to the tomb, Jesus was gone. And then the puzzlement of what's going through her head then. And then going back to meet the other disciples, who does she find on the road? Her son, who talks to her. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine that. And then the excitement that rose inside her. I can't imagine all of the feelings, all of the emotions that these three women went through. But in their weaknesses, God showed himself not just strong, not just mighty, but God showed himself as God, who he can do all things, and there is nothing impossible for God. That's who God is. God is a strong tower. He is a fortress. He is a sure foundation. Amen? Three incredible women. Three weaknesses in each one of them that God made strong. God is telling us today, in your weakness, I will make you strong. In your weakness, pour out your heart to me. I'll use your weakness to strengthen you, 
Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand for the blessing. You know, God hears the prayers of the righteous. And it says there in the Bible that he remembers them. God remembers them. God hears, think of this, God hears your prayer of the righteous and he remembers them. That doesn't mean he always answers your prayer immediately. God answers your prayer in his perfect timing. We don't understand how God works and we won't because God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than ours. And God's ways are perfect. We just need to take those examples of those three women. And we need to apply them to our lives. By pouring our heart out to God. When you're righteous, living, when you found favor with God, God hears those prayers. And he'll remember them. Amen? Let's raise our hands. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may you have a great day. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless all these mothers that are here, Lord God, and all the mothers that are here, Lord God. And I pray that you would be with them, bless them, and, Lord God, that you would uh, find favor with them and that you would just, God, anoint them. And I thank you for all of them. And I just praise you, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen them, give them wisdom, Lord God, and be with them wherever they go. In Jesus' name, amen.